previously on Splinters of a Broken Sun. The Hub Gang explored the exterior surface of the station in search of solar panels to refurbish. Along the way, they ran into a strange entity called Memory that gifted, or perhaps cursed, all of them with the memories of people who lived on Earth and died long ago before the emergency. Emran and Maeve went one step further, attempting to perceive the emergency through senses humans do not possess, and they were traumatized by the experience. Memory gave Keva Hub's lost emergency backup. Later, they tried to integrate the backup into Hub, hoping to access their memories of the emergency and restore them to full function. Unfortunately, something went wrong in the attempt. Thrust into a virtual city built out of Hub's imagination, they all lived completely different lives and forgot their true identities. On escaping the simulation, they came face to face with a robot attack in the hub, and then with Governor Denton Young himself. Welcome back to Splinters of a Broken Sun. Today, I am joined by more players than usual because we are making our way into the season finale, believe it or not. So I'm going to go clockwise here. First up, we have Jason Hawkins. Hi, I'm Jason. You can find me on Twitter at Singing Chemist, and I play Zonin Chan, the intrepid hat maker, who was sad for a time, but he might be okay now, right? After the concussion wears off, sure. Yeah, why not? You got your head is bandaged. It's fine. We're also joined by OG Brown Sugar. Hi, everyone. I'm Velvet. I play Maeve Fentis, um, the heart of the swarm and the future overlord. Thank you for joining us. I know it's difficult to get time in your busy schedule of managing an entire horde. And today we are also joined by Trudy. Hi there. I'm Trudy. I play Zora. You can find me on Twitter at alphabetagal. I, uh, Dora has now had the seeds of doubt sown inside of her. It is now rethinking, uh, rethinking things. We shall see what grows of those seeds, perhaps today. And speaking of growth, we're also joined by Michael Blood. Hi everyone, I'm Michael Blood. I go by Good Sir Blood on Twitter, and I am uh, I'm a very big boy. Uh, on the podcast, I play Emran Pak, who's an exceedingly even larger boy, and I'm sure he will not encounter the murderer of his father today, and everything will be fine, and yeah, Hub will be great. I'm sure it will be. Speaking of fine and great, we're also joined by Keekers. Oh, thank you. Hello, my darlings. It's me, Keekers. You can find me on Twitter and various other websites as Be a Space Cat. I play Keva Jarma. And uh, so excited about eviscerating Denton Young today. <laughs> Speaking of which, when last we left off with the Hub crew, you were in a bit of a showdown with the aforementioned Governor Denton Young of Sector 3, who had arrived on the Hub somehow and been escorted to you down at uh, Hub's central processing unit and escorted by Mandukai Alarmuti, whose joy is fire, High Priestess of the Dunes, and Champion of Veliko. 
uh, the head of the Revel of Velico, who is still currently staying with you here in the hub. You had also been in a clash, having just returned from your Dreamland escapades, which we covered in the side story in Kuwait. And uh, when you awoke, you found that the hub was under attack by uh, cop robots of some sort, which you dispatched or subverted to your own cause. Robocops? I wouldn't say that because I wouldn't want to get sued. Right. Legally distinct automatus, automatus? Words, cop. Mm-hmm. Something eerily similar to, but legally enough distinct from. Mm-hmm. Robofuzz. No, that sounds bad. Mm. All right. So uh, to that crew, you had also had Zonin added. He recently returned from his own escapades out in the wastelands where he had a meeting with Denton Yang with the hopes at the time of defecting from the hub crew and getting his old life back, which uh, didn't quite work out the way he had hoped due to his conscience. Yeah, I almost died. You did almost die. It was, it was bad for you. But you were rescued at the last minute thanks to Matt Damon sending you a sending out a distress call on the wave, which summoned uh, Lean Sosimo Yang and her Rainbow's Apogee, and they came and drove Denton away, and uh, she was able to escort you back to the hub. Okay, so she is also here at hub along with all of the other bands of Rainbow's Apogee. You've got Pelta, the orange band, Harkless, the yellow band, Viridus Fa, the green band, Ivy, the blue band, Montoya, the indigo band, and Esme, the violet band. So you have seen them, some of them, in action in the battle with the cop bots, but you haven't really had the time to meet them because you just got Hub rebooted, and Hub's immediate response to whatever you integrated into their memory was to loose a seemingly unending blood-curdling scream that is deafening everybody all throughout the entirety of Hub. And we'll check in on the uh, group that Zora's in after we resolve this little standoff in which you were in the midst. So, Hub is screaming. Keva, you are connected through your blending hair, Mm -hmm. both to Hub and to Emran. We had to connect Emran to Hub because Emran was carrying a fragment of memory uh, within him after eating it uh, in the dream world. Gosh, that sounds so weird out of context. <laughs> no, even in context, it's pretty weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can see Trudy's not looking convinced of her decision <laughs> to join us today. <laughs> I ate like, a what? god. And it you- was great. And you thought that playing with Dustin and Pat was weird. (laughs) Not that it's not weird, but you know. We strive for weirdness here at Splinters of a Broken Sun, Incorporated. And how. The whole Splinters of a Broken Sun extended family of products. Weirdness. Don't forget LLC. We are a limited liability company. Right. I can't be sued. All of my holdings are offshore. Off planet. I shot them into the sun. (laughs) Which I then blew up. (laughs) Can I give a quick shout out to Planet Money, a different podcast that just (laughs) talked about money, uh, money land, uh, maybe last week, all about offshore accounts. It's a good listen. Well, now you have to contact them and get them to give us money. Yeah. Okay. For that advertisement. So good luck. Yeah. Wait. um, Okay. I will. 
Hey. Okay. Now then, what I would like to do, we'll set the scene. You are at the lower level of the hub. There are debris strewn about all over the place from your battle with the cop bots. There were dozens of them all throughout the hub. You can still hear distantly, well, before the screaming started, you could still hear distantly the sounds of clashes taking place in other areas of the hub. So you perhaps would assume that people such as Karis and the other members of the Revel who are around are also under attack by these machines. Mandukai came down the steps with Denton and asked if anybody had ordered a monster. Denton was carrying a white flag and said that he came to surrender, not unconditionally, but that he would not have arrived here if it had not been deeply important. And you agreed to speak with him right before Hub had their rude awakening. He wanted to speak to Hub, not really us as much. He said he was excited to speak to Hub, but that he came to deal with you. Okay. So what do you do? Uh, Hub is screaming. Can Keva like, is Keva like getting any weird internal feedback from that as well? Yeah, I think so. Should I roll empathy? What you are feeling right now is a flood of emotions not your own, but which may mirror some of yours. Uh, You are feeling strong threads of disgust, uh, anger, helplessness, and sadness, a deep sadness undercutting all of these things. And they are felt very powerfully, but it's you're somewhat buffered from them due to the fact that they're not your own emotions. And Emran, you can feel these as well, sort of a, a third-hand echo being connected to the two of them also. Oh, good. It's just how I regularly feel. <laughs> good. Kevo's yep. gonna, like, turn to Mandakai and be like, get that fool out, get that jerk out of here. Mandakai uh, can see you shouting, and she holds up a hand to her ear because she cannot hear you over the screaming. She, like, points at Denton and then does the, like, the away, like, over the shoulder with the thumb out, like, out to try to gesture (laughs) what she's saying. So you're pulling a Michelle Tanner from uh, Full House? (laughs) I guess. Okay. But she's not saying cut it out, get him out, basically. So, almost. Okay, uh, I want you to, let's see, I'm going to make this a contest, because uh, Mandukai is a strong, difficult, and stubborn woman, and I don't think communication is her strong suit. <laughs> Matt, would, you, would, it, would it be reasonable to assume that I can see uh, Keva doing that? Or that Emran can? Are you inside or outside of Hub's I had, heavy hole? I had walked outside to eyeball Denton, so to speak. Right, right, right. Okay. And Keva, were you inside or outside? She was inside, but she was like blocking the weight further in from Denton. Okay. So, Manikai can probably sort of see you. Uh, all right. Let's do 
for that. If uh, if if Emrin could see Keva doing that hand gesture, I, I think he would just grab Denton by the arm and start to lead him back up. <laughs> How rude. If you touch him, the mother won't take him back. That's true. That's true. Mandakai will not want Mandakai him back. Mandakai will not want him back. <laughs> no one wants him. I don't think Mandakai wants him. I feel like this would have to be rapport. Making okay. positive connections. Skill of being liked and trusted. Do hmm. you have a pitch for a better skill for that? I do have empathy. Um, which maybe like Keva doesn't like Denton. Mandukai doesn't like Denton. Maybe um, it's possible that Mandukai can kind of understand why Keva wouldn't want him to be there. Okay. Because so, you get uh, it. Yeah, empathy is what Mandukai is going to have to roll. Mm-hmm. To communicate, you're going to have to roll a skill. Um, all right, let's do... I'll do rapport. I'll just okay, roll it. We'll do rapport, and then I'll have Mandukai roll her empathy. Yeah, whichever one's higher for her. Okay, there we go. Okay. Four. So, Mandakai is going to have to tie or exceed a four with her roll. She does. Okay. So Mandakai looks at you, and she also sees uh, Emrin coming up in an attempt to bundle Den back up the stairs, or I guess rather than trying to drag someone up the stairs, they're going to try and drag him over to the shopping area and just out of here. So she starts attempting to do that, and I would like anyone who is looking in the direction of Denton to roll notice. Mm, I think I'm looking at him because I want him gone. I've got like a thousand eyes on this dude right now. You do. The only time I've ever noticed anything so good. <laughs> you are so focused. I'm a bit predisposed to staring at this guy. Yeah, nice try. Yeah. Yay, we all beat him. All right, this is very good. So you see... Oh, actually, I should have rolled... Whatever, it's the same level. I should have rolled stealth, not deceive there. Uh, so you see Denton is reaching up towards the collar of his robes and looks like he's about to pull away the collar but you see him doing this and yeah you all see him doing this so what's your reaction there Emrin because you're right there sharp crack across the face all right so you hit him I was gonna be nice it was gonna be nice but not right now vindication it's not for vindication but maybe uh, so you strike Denton, and he falls back against Mandukai, who grips him by the arms. And so the three of you are trying to pull him out of the shops, and he does not want to go. So he is struggling, and he is shouting something, but the screaming is so loud, and it is just filling all of your hearing. Like you, Basically, you cannot communicate with each other with words while Hub is screaming like this. Okay. Um, hmm. So I'm going to... He, he is struggling, 
And I'm going to have him use his um, physique to try and prevent the two of you from pulling him. Uh, so, Emran, I want you to roll your physique in opposition to that, and you can have a plus one for Mandukai's assistance. Is Mandukai beefier than me? Would it make more sense for me to help her? <laughs> she is taller than you, but I think you are physically stronger, ah. unless she's in her joy form. True enough. Okay, I'll roll with the plus one. A four is not great, but I'll take it. I'm, well, I'll, I'll re-roll depending. Denton's not that strong, so we'll see. I see. Yeah. I feel like that's an <laughs> indirect insult to Zonin. <laughs> Emmons, hefty, He's hefty, hefty. Just, Denton's, Denton's not physically strong, but he is one of the best fighters in the world. So that's... Yeah, he's not too tough. Yeah. <laughs> he is still incredibly tough. Okay, so uh, you succeed. Are you still connected to Keva and Hub while I, this is happening? I had assumed that that was over, but the, if, if I'm still connected, I'm not feeling great. Uh... I'm like, I don't know. I think that she's too distracted with the screaming that she wouldn't disconnect. Sorry. Okay, quite all right. That she, like, as soon as Denton was out, like, being pushed away, she turned around and was just, like, immediately, like, thinking, like, okay, now I have to try to deal with Hub. Okay. Um, you might also see Lean is out there and she has. Her eyes are locked on Denton as well. And as you are pulling him out of the room, you see his eyes lock on to hers. And there seems to be a communication that goes in between between them as they are staring at each other. They, they understand what that look means, keeping in mind they grew up together. They lived in the same household. They were best friends until, you know, the until Denton destroyed his own town and everyone in it. Okay, so she gets up from Zonin's side and sort of pats Zonin's shoulder, uh, stepping around some of the pile of vomit that is continuing to spread under you. And Zonin dry heaves. <laughs> she's heading over towards the the struggle up there. Uh, Keva, what were you doing in? You turned around? Okay, so Keva has turned around and is facing Hub, and, like, if Hub had a physical form, she'd be, like, closer to Hub and, like, maybe trying to, like, depending on how Hub felt about touch, she would have, like, her hands on their shoulders, but obviously Hub is a hologram and not a physical being. Um, so she's kind of, like, put her hands on the console in a way, like, almost like her hands will help with the weird neuro connection, and okay. she's kind of, like, I want to say, like, almost, like, whispering in her head to Hub, like, shh, shh, it's okay, it's okay. Okay, you're trying to tell Hub it's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, so Denton's got 
uh, let's say his lip got split open by that strike and like that struggle is ongoing. We'll come back to it. Keva, your hands on the console feel that the console is hot. Okay. Like it's, you don't know if it should be or not. It never has been before when you've been down here, but right now it feels hot. Not enough to burn you, but it feels like for us, it would be like if you are, you leave your laptop running too long and then you sort of touch the side and you can feel how hot it is. Okay. So, um, and I should have mentioned it was hand because the other one is in the rudimentary uh, sling. Okay. Um, and she's kind of trying to like talk to Hub psychically, I guess. Okay. Should I should I roll to try to do that? Sure, like, you'll need to make a good rapport roll for that. Okay. Make that connection. Hub, come down. You know, Hub, calm down. You know, whatever happened, whatever is going on in your head is happened. Okay, that is. You did it. Yay! Five. You got a superb rapport roll, and you needed good. So you start to get through to Hub and feel that those emotions gradually stop being such a raging wildfire and start to become more and more contained. And the screaming peters off, and then finally the screaming stops. And we'll stay in this room for a second. Uh, Maeve, you're in here too, right? I am cocooned in the corner. Yeah, Maeve is a cocoon in the corner of this room. Okay. So you both... Maeve... Maeve can see we established Maeve is seeing through some bugs in here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can... Pardon? Oops, sorry. Uh, not to add to the pandemonium, but I did call, like, the entire swarm as soon as Denton showed up. Yeah, they're... You can still feel them uh, approaching on their way through the tunnels and uh, all the other stuff. Vents is the word I was looking for. And the walls. And tunnels. Yep, they're they're inspecting the ducts. So, Yay! <laughs> it was going to come up eventually. Uh, and you can see that Hub doesn't look like they normally do. Hub has anger on their face where that has never been before. You've seen sadness. You've seen compassion. You've seen uh, love, happiness, joy. Never anger. So it's very strange, and Hub's eyes are flashing red off and on, off and on, uh, as sort of like an error code or something, but the eyes are flashing red, and Hub, uh, their avatar is fizzing, fitzing, sort of in and out, as if it were like there were interference or static going through the holographic projection of Hub's body. How does that make Keva and Maeve feel or react? Um, Keva's going to take her hand off of the thing and say, if you want me to disconnect, I can right now. Hub nods. Uh, like, both things just completely, like, detached, like, and they just kind of, like, zip back into Keva's head to more normal length silver hair. Okay. 
So now she's <laughs> now she's detached from Emrin. Okay. Emrin, you have been released out in the shops area. You have dragged Den over there with Mandukai and uh, Lean is coming towards you as well. And she's waving her hands at you like, stop, stop, stop. What? What's happening? It's over. It stops screaming. They? They. She gets over to you and she's saying like, I think, I think I want to hear what Denton's got to say. And that's me. Well, I want to hear what he has to say too. Just, I don't want any beams of light destroying this place. Then looks at you. And he still has that disdain in his eyes that he has when he looks at any of you. He says, You already know the sun is dead. I can't do that anymore. I've been surprised a few times. I hope you'll forgive. But yes, I was trying to do something. Emran nods. I thought that it was an emergency situation with the hub and that I could control it, but I will not make that attempt. You will allow me to show you what I was attempting to show. Yeah, I don't think Hub is in a state that they're uh, controllable anymore. Yeah, can I just mention, like, if Emran was control or still connected to Keva at that moment, like, there would have been some sort of freak out there. Uh, Den is trying to reach up towards his collar again. Emran turns his head facing towards He's not Lee. facing towards Hub anymore. Emran looks at Lean and then Mandakai. Mandakai is holding his arms, so she's waiting on you and Lean. And Lean nods at you and says, uh, and she has her wand out. And she says, one false move. There you go, Governor. He reaches up to his collar. Um, Den always wears very encompassing clothes. And he takes this layer of his collar and he peels it back. And you can see, growing out of the dark skin on his neck, there is some type of machinery. And the machinery growing, uh, the machinery that is growing out of his neck is interlaced with pulsating black tubes. And it looks awfully familiar. You have seen something like this mass of writhing black tubes before. Where was that? Can you remember? Have you seen a big writhing mass of black stuff? Mm, my favorite memory. Indeed. What is attached to Dent's neck looks an awful lot like a miniaturized version of the memory you met on the surface of the station. 
Emran turns his uh his head fully towards dead. That's alarming. Yes, but I felt necessary following the events that led me to come here in the first place. You let memory come for a ride, or are you symbiotic? I will be honest with you, Emran Pak. I am not entirely certain myself. I followed reports from Sector 5 and found this in the sewers below that city. It spoke to me. And I allowed it to come with me. And now I am having a difficult time remembering what memories are me and which are not. I'm familiar with that sensation. He nods. I do know that the hub is our only hope now. The church is stagnant. No longer stagnant. I would call it rather dynamic now. Once I destroyed the spire two days ago. The Sun Minister and all of the High Ministers are dead. But what about all the disparate cells of auditors coming here? They may well be. When I spoke with Zonin, I told him that the church knew where you are, and they do. Question is, how long will it take them to get here? How long do we have to mount a defense against the entire church? The good news is that getting here is very difficult if you cannot fly. The bad news is, the armor in which I pursued you was only the prototype. There are many more. They will get here, perhaps within a week. Maybe two. Can't imagine you would have sabotaged any of them? I did not have time. Once I learned the truth of the Sun Minister's deception, I fled, first destroying the church, then to this memory, and finally here. We'll pause that for a second. Keva, you're inside with Hub. What's Hub up to? What have you done? You've disconnected, right? Yeah, she's disconnected and taken her hand off of the console. Okay, you can feel that the console was no longer heating up anymore. It is now starting to cool, but uh, it's it's still very warm. Hub looks at you and they say, Oh, Keva, is that you? 
Yes, I'm really sorry about connecting to you both times, I guess. Um, I, I was just I did trying ask to help. You to, so you, you don't need to be sorry. It is not. It is not your fault, Kevin. None of this is. Oh, gods. I. I remember now. Gods? Forgive me, a belief of the people who made me. I. I remember how it happened now. They look deeply sad and angry at the same time. Like there's a lot of pain written in their expression. Did it happen? Did it have something to do with Veliko, Ungshuo, Iterar, and Gashram, or all of them combining? They did not combine by choice. Kevin looks kind of, like, upset about that. Who made them? The same people who made me made them. I, I've told you before, they were I mean, artificial who intelligences. Them, who made them do that? It may be best if I spoke to all of you at once. Denton's here, and I don't want him to come in here. He's up to something. I would not trust him either, but you may find this difficult to accept while he has reacted badly and done horrible things from what you tell me. He is not your enemy here. Who or what is our enemy then? They live in the sun. Hub pauses and says, ah, Is Maeve all right? Kevin, like, looks at the cocoon again. <laughs> uh, they kneel down, which is completely unnecessary, but they're still acting out their, their programming to be as human as possible in their interactions. Kneels down and hovers a hand over the cocoon, frowning, and says, They're alive? Something happening. It's almost time, I think. You should get Constance. I believe we will need her help as well. If you could gather, I suppose, the stakeholders, the key players, in the hotel lobby, I will speak to all of you there very soon. Okay, are those, uh, security robots yours? They give a bit of a rueful smile and they say, Well, you did keep asking for defenses. Um, it's true, we did. I apologize did. that they were not controlled. I was infected by a virus when we integrated the memory backup. 
Was it, it caused Jack? my systems to crash. Jack? I'm sorry, I, I don't remember anything from that time. I know that there was a simulation running, but I don't remember what happened within it. Oh, it's okay. There were just a couple of murders, and we were trying to figure out what was going on. It was all pretty weird. You'll have to dog, tell me though. about... Oh, wonderful. You'll have to tell me more someday, but for now, I need to carry out some repairs. I will meet you in the hotel lobby as soon as possible. All right. Hub's avatar disappears. And then Keva's going to kind of like look at Maeve again and like try to carry the uh, cocoon bridal style. <laughs> I think I think Keva's certainly capable of that being yeah. uh, strong girl as she is. Uh, Zonin, you're still slumped against the side. Yeah, I'm gathering my wits, but uh, you know, I'm I am worse for wear. Mhm. Matt Damon is speaking in a low voice to you, trying to be comforting and guide you through the process of gathering your wits as well uh, within your helmet. He's being very thoughtful uh, as he does so. Perfect. Emran, you are with Mandukai, Lean, and Den. Den has shown you his uh, symbiotic attachment to memory. Symbiotic, parasitic, it's difficult to say right now. And he's saying, I, I think with what this memory has given me, I can unshackle the hub. Oh, that would have been a terrible idea. Well, I suppose it's for the best it didn't happen then, isn't it? suppose so. Keva, do you want to relay Hub's suggestions to the people gathered outside? Yeah, so as Keva like comes out, she's like directing people as well as she can direct people with a broken arm and a unconscious or out of it Maeve. So I guess actually it's more like she's like slung Maeve partly over her good shoulder. Okay. I don't know how the heck she's doing it, but She's brawling. She's strong. We've established that, yeah. I know, but she has a broken arm, too. She's space brawling. <laughs> All right, so we're going to end that scene there. If you have stress gathered, you can get rid of it. Um, don't forget to set your refresh for your fate points back to three at the beginning of the session. And we're going to shift down to the wasteland. Trudy, are you there? Should should be. Hello? Hi, yeah, Hello. Good. I can hear you now. A simple no would have sufficed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trudy, for the past several weeks, you have been traveling around in the wasteland in the uh, sand barge, the sand sailor, mm-hmm. with, uh, with Squall and Quanjoy and Carla and uh, Ramulus as well. After your experiences with the splinter that you found, which turned out to be a robot, and the swirling space squids that assaulted you when you recovered the robot whose name was MP2. 
since then, I believe Zora was the one carrying MP2's core. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've been carrying MP2's core as you've been uh, exploring the wastes in the Sand Sailor. Carla had asked you about a week ago if you could teach her to fight. She spoke to you one night in the cabin and she said, uh, uh, Sword, Sword Zora, I, you, you keep having to protect me. And I, I learned some basics in, in the army, but I have never been a, a soldier. And I worry that if we run into any more people out, out here, uh, I, I will be again, uh, a liability? Could you perhaps help me not be that? Do you wish to have me train you? Yeah, yeah, yes. I thought, yes. Of course, I'd be glad to. Oh, thank you. I was, thank. I was worried that. Thank you. I'm sure, you'll do fine. Um, what does the training montage look like? as you're trying to teach Carla how to uh, be a little less uh, physically useless. Physically useless? Oh, please have you guys running with Ramulus. (laughs) Can we just do the entire Mulan montage? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course. Complete with Carla jumping or climbing up the, uh, the, the pole at some point. You could be climbing the mast of the of the ship. Yes. And I'm I'm totally down with also running with uh with Romulus. Okay. So like does okay, so wait, if Carla is Mulan, then which of the three guys or four if you want to count Shang are <laughs> like which is <laughs> I mean, maybe Zora is Shang, and then, um... (laughs) (laughs) This rabbit hole may be too deep for us today, Geekers. Okay. We'll leave leave it for the fanfic. Okay. Yeah, you know this is gonna happen now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, we see scenes of uh, Carla and Zora and Ramulus running across the desert, and Kyla repeatedly falling over and Zora helping her up and, you know, swinging sticks at each other to practice sword fighting and clack, clack, clack. And of course, Zora effortlessly knocking Carla over again and again. I don't think at any point in this montage we see Carla progress that much, but uh, she's she's trying so hard. She's really Zora's trying. so proud of her. Yeah. At one point, I think like the culmination of the montage isn't like Carla defeating Zora or outrunning Ramless or anything. It's like Carla blocks Zora one time, as opposed to just getting smacked immediately. It's like that's that's the climactic moment. Everyone's cheering. They're so happy. She like is on the ground. She sits up, smiles, and has like a couple teeth missing and a black eye and. It's it's a a rough situation for her, but she looks satisfied. She looks happy 
that she's undergoing this process. I mean, it's only like a week and a half, so it's not a Disney movie or Rocky, so we can't really expect her to suddenly become a lean, mean fighting machine, but she, we can see there is incremental progress. Or mysterious as the dark side of the moon. No. Uh, Okay, so one night, as you are winding down from your training, Squall is uh, setting a fire somewhere on the other side of the ship. You've, You've camped. Quan Joy is off hunting because, of course, you gotta eat. You are with Carla when you hear sounds coming out of MP's core. Um, I pull out the core and I try and examine it. Okay. The top of the core, as you recall, it is a glowing blue box, like a small glowing blue cube. The top of it, as you lift it up, suddenly projects in front of you a rectangle that has a map on it. And it's a it's like a holographic rectangle, which of course Zora and Carla would never have seen anything like that in their lives. But you can pass your hands through it. Um, the image swirls like water, but then reforms quickly. And on the map, there are three glowing lights. One of them you quickly figure out between you and Carla is where you are now. And another glowing blue light is about. You gather a day away by your sand ship uh, to the northwest, and the other one is really, really, really far away, and it is in the opposite direction of Gov's domain. The, the light that is about a day away is flashing. The one that shows where you are is red, and the one that's really, really far away is green. Okay, so um, where is the one where we're located? Is it center of these two other? Well, not necessarily the center, but is a, are they headed the other two uh, in the same direction, or kind of like it's almost a if you drew lines between them, it would be a a triangle. Okay, Squall, I think maybe we might want to go over to and she points at this over here the one that's a day away i mean either one of these i i I don't know maybe it wants us to go there squall seems curious about that but is also trying to control the fire that he set that uh has grown a little bit more than he had hoped it would and is starting to creep towards the ship so he's just over he's like "Uh uh-huh yeah okay good great as he's trying to get the fire back under control before it burns down your ship. Carla, what do you think? I, if we are looking for uh, uh, answers, then uh, flashing seems uh, uh, more urgent than green. Maybe? No, that sounds accurate. Okay, then uh, we should go there. Indeed we should. We'll wait for Quan Joy to come back and then change course. All right. The next day you take your ship over towards that and you can see every time you look at MP's core that map comes up and it shows the red dot growing steadily closer to the flashing, uh, to the flashing dot until you're right over it. And 
as you look around at the surroundings here, you see nothing much. It's just more sand, a couple scrubby brushes. But uh, definitely the, the two dots now overlap from where you were. But there's nothing really there. No. Quanjoy uh, leaps off the ship with Ramulus to go scout around, see what they can find. And uh, Squall has declared that he is going to become a cook and is in the galley. Carla, do you want to take a look around with me? Uh, okay, yes, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll stay with you. Are you sure? Yes, uh, yes, uh, yes, Sword, Zora, yes. You should try and sound a little more certain of yourself. Uh, yeah, sorry. No, don't apologize. You're doing quite well. You just need to believe in yourself a little bit more. Sorry, I'll try. Believe in the Zora that believes in you. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, if any of you hurt Carla, Zora's <laughs> coming at you. Straight up. <laughs> so, uh, Zora and Carla are or Zora's going to go and look around. I'm assuming Carla is going to come with, uh, just taking a, a look around to see uh, if there was maybe anything that Quanjoy may have overlooked. Okay. You said it's mostly sandy, right? Maybe occasionally brushing the sand away to see if there's maybe something underneath. Okay. So you're searching around and searching around. Um, it's late in the day. It's dark all the time anyway. Like, it's brighter at night because of the moons nowadays. But uh, I guess, do you travel at night or do you travel during the day? The quote-unquote day. <sighs> well, if it's... <laughs> I assume we're traveling at night if there's more light during the night than during the day. Okay. So it is coming towards the end of night time. It took you the whole day to get here. As you're searching around and uh, Carla is consulting the notes that she has made about the map. She's left the map with you. Uh, she wouldn't dare to touch it and is consulting that. And she is walking around also imitating what you're doing, basically, as you're stooping down to brush sand away. She goes and brushes sand away wherever she is. And she puts her hand down and brushes some sand away. When suddenly the bracelet that she's wearing um, bursts open and sprays something on her face. Uh, you've probably seen the bracelet during your time with her. She wasn't wearing it the first time you met her when you started the hunt, but she was when she was sent with you on, on your mission to the Splinter. And it was in the, in the style of a seven-pointed star. It was pretty nice. And the star is what exploded and sprayed this uh, substance over her face. And she starts shouting and trying to rub at her face. And as she does, she starts to melt into the ground. Oh, God. Zora's over there trying to just pull whatever she can off of her face. Okay. Uh, you are trying to rub at her face as she is melting into the ground. I don't know if you, I don't know if Zora's in a state to remember right now, but this, you have seen something like this before. This melting into the ground you saw back at the end of your first hunt after your battle with Hector. You saw this happen to Lean and uh, Esme as they were sinking into the ground underneath the shrine. 
Oh, that's true. I'm not sure she would have immediately remembered that. In the moment, perhaps not. (laughs) So, uh, Carla, her lower body is mostly enveloped in the ground, and she looks up and reaches towards you, and she says, Sora, what's happening? I have no idea. Are you okay? She's sinking. It's down to her waist over her belly button. She's got tears in her eyes mixing with the stuff on her face. And she says, please, please, Zora, I don't want to go. Please. Zora's trying to pull her back up. As you are grabbing onto her and trying to pull, despite your immense strength, you are not able to get her out of the ground and instead feel yourself being pulled in. Uh, Zor's just going to continue to pull. You going to hold on to her? Just keep on holding on. You sink into the ground. You can feel yourself dissolve in a way. It feels like every atom in your body spreads out and separates, but you can still almost feel a connection between all of those molecules, and there is a rushing sensation in the darkness that lasts you don't know how long before you find yourself in a pile with Carla on a tiled floor in a large, open room. So we're just going to check to make sure that Carla seems to be physically okay, since she already knows she's probably not emotionally all right. Carla appears to be in shock. There's just uh, tears on her face, and you can see now there's light in this room, a strange sort of steady light. You can see the substance on her face looks like it's blood mixed with something else, some type of preserved uh, fluid. And she is just staring and shaking and uh, crying silently. Sora's going to wipe at her face with whatever cloth she has on her, just to try and clear that stuff off of her. Mm-hmm. You're okay, I'm here. You hear behind you a skittering sound. Uh, I draw my sword and put my back to, uh, to Carla. Zora's seen ants before, right? Yes. This ant is about the size larger than a dog. Mm-hmm. And the ant is wearing something that Zora might recognize because she's seen Squall wearing one recently. A sweater. <laughs> a clown wig. <laughs> Sitting on this ant's back is a small child. Yay! Jeremy! Hello? It says, Hi! Who are you? Oh, I'm Sandra. Hello? Who are you? I'm Zora. Where are we? Uh, they call it the Hub. Okay, and where's the Hub located? I don't know. It's here. Where is here? The hub. We we just went over that. 
Sandra is our chief intelligence officer. <laughs> you should you should probably like probably talk to one of the adults. Who are the adults, my child? Uh I think they said they're in the hotel. Where's the hotel? I'll take you there. And she clambers down off the side of the ant, and the ant crouches down to make it easier for this child to get off, and they walk over and extend a hand to you. Um, before Zora takes Sandra's hand, uh, she's going to make sure that uh, Carla's okay, and that Carla is willing to come. Um, you will have to carry Carla. Uh, Carla gets picked up. <laughs> it's not difficult for you to do in the least. All right. She'll, uh, Zora will take her hand. Okay. You are walking through this building that doesn't look much like anything you've seen before. Except, was Zora, Zora wasn't in the mall, was she? In the mall? No. No, she wasn't. No, it was Quanjoy was in the mall. Yep. So I don't know, maybe he described that to you at some point, but it, the architecture is unfamiliar. It is strange shiny materials that look almost metallic in a lot of places when you look up you see that there are these square panels in the ceiling that are just glowing all the time and they have this warm inviting steady light that makes it easy to see what's going on and uh, doesn't hurt your eyes or anything like that you walk through some pillars there's debris around you see a few pieces of broken metal and other gigantic insects. At one point, there's a huge spider crawling along the ceiling. Uh, the little kid seems completely unbothered by all of this. And the ant that's walking with you uh, is likewise just being an ant, but wearing a clown wig. How does Zora feel about all of this? She has no idea what is going on right now. And she's just going to roll with it? Sure. Until she figures out how exactly she feels about this. Because right now, she does not know. All right. Let's take a second and jump back to the other group. Who has been included in the group in the hotel lobby? Well, Kevin's there. Maeve is there. Um, Constance is there. Nandy Kai is there. Karis is there. Lean is there. Like Lean, Lean wouldn't allow herself to be left out of this. She hasn't brought the rest of the bands of Rainbow's Apogee. But she did push hard for you to bring Denton, even though she knows you don't want to. How did uh do you feel she was able to convince you all or not? Emery wants him to come. Uh, Keva will not disagree with Emran in this case. Okay. He doesn't want Denton out of his sight. Uh, oh, Jolly's there. Uh, of course. It's, they did say senior leadership. Yeah. You gotta have your pet goat. Senior goat correspondent. Jolly is there in her uh, wearing her eye patch. Somebody, uh, somebody has painted a design on her eye patch. Who painted a design on her eye patch, and what is it? I mean, I think we know 
who would have done that? Valero, if it was painted or, in fact, bejeweled. Could be that, too. Um, and I think it's bejeweled to be kind of... It's supposed to be an eye, but it looks kind of creepy. Hmm. Okay. Unfortunately, because Keva may not be the best artist. But she made an effort. Mm-hmm. You are all here in the hotel lobby, and Maeve's cocoon as well, uh, I'm going to say, has been propped up on one of the couches. Yeah. As if it were, it's sitting as if it were a person, but it's just like this, like just 45 degree angle across the bastard of the couch down to the bottom. They wanted Maeve to feel included, but nobody quite knows what to do with a cocoon the size of a person. But uh, as you are all there, uh, Mandakai. I believe, yeah, obviously Mandakai is also there. Um, Karis isn't. Karis is still in the uh, in the medical bay. Karis is still getting their legs taken care of. As you may recall, Karis's legs were very badly broken. And yeah. they've been uh, sort of wheelchair slash giant insect bound for the past few weeks. So Karis is not there. But... Um, you hear a knock at the door. Hub hasn't arrived yet. You hear a knock at the glass doorway and you look over and you see Sandra, one of the kids who lives in Hub now, Jeremy, and none of you would probably recognize Zora, but I think all of you would recognize your childhood frenemy, Carla Alwong, curled up in Zora's arm. Of course, the first thing that comes to my mind is Keva saying, who invited this bitch? She wouldn't actually say that, though. <laughs> no, I think that's remarkably in character, actually. <laughs> After the day you Keva, Keva's been through a lot. Yeah. You're like, of course, her too, why not? <laughs> is Jeremy still wearing a clown wig? Yeah. Okay, it's important. Good. Uh, so, like, Kevin's just like, what the heck? Jeremy, where did you get them? Emran pulls a chair out from somewhere. Not his pocket, but presumably a corner. <laughs> <laughs> this is my collapsible got chair, a pocket guys. chair now? <laughs> I don't know why I said that, Matt. I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of the downtime goals you didn't tell me about. Pocket yeah, chair. Instead of the modular squid armor, I've been working on pocket chair. Mm, It'll okay. be my life's work. <laughs> I set up a chair for Carla, presuming that she is not well. Uh, Zora, you're on the other side of this glass door, which is in itself a strange thing. And you see an assortment of the most wanted criminals in the world and your boss. She looks over at Denton like, what? She doesn't say anything. She just looks at him like, "What? what is going on here? She's not going to look at the criminals for answers. Uh, he does not look surprised to see you. He is she perhaps the only person here who doesn't look surprised to see you. 
Ah, Sword Zora, you made it. Sword? Well, yes, she's the sword. Uh, where are the Seeker and the Stalwart? Still above ground, I assume. We're below ground, right? No, we're in the sky. What? It's complicated. Please come in. And then you have to think fourth dimensionally. He turns and looks at the rest of you and he says, uh, if that's all right with you. Why not? Zor was already moving in without. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess. Thank you, Sandra. You're welcome. Go ahead and play. Uh, okay. We were playing hide and seek. I was winning anyway. Emron locks the door. The ant. Zora gives uh, her a nod of the head, an appreciative nod of the head. She clambers back up on Jeremy and they ride off back downstairs. Uh, Keva says to Zora, okay, if you're going to be here, um, I think it'd be a good idea if you put your sword over there. Zora looks at you like you are making the most preposterous suggestion of her lifetime. Emran takes off his sword belt and puts it on the table. Zora watches. No one can hear me through the cocoon, right? <laughs> Just muffled Not screaming. right now. No, they'd be just Godzilla shrieks. I'm going to have my flying ones do the spooky flying skull thing right at Carla because Maeve is entirely indifferent to this tall, sword-wielding jabroni. She's just furious that Carla is still alive. Uh, Carla appears catatonic, uh, but there is a floating insect skull in the middle of the room now as well. Yeah, I was going to like turn to the cocoon and just be like, I know, but I mean, apparently... Something about the people in our town makes us really hard to kill. And also... Hector said it was the water. We can kill... (laughs) Yeah. We can take care of that later. (laughs) The bones are remarkably dense. We can take care of it later, Maeve. There's worse things to deal with right now. And then she's going to turn again to Zora and be like, Look. Emran put down his sword, you put down your sword, so we know that we're at an accord of goodwill here. I'll put down my sword as soon as I know precisely what's going on. Denton? Uh, Denton looks up. He says, For now, it would be best if you complied. She immediately complies as soon as he suggests she does. Thank you, Sword Zora. She nods her head. If we could all just have a seat. I know we are not friends. However, I believe we may be... He's having a very hard time saying this. Allies of convenience? Allies of convenience, yes. Emran takes off his helmet, or face guard, and just... He keeps his fingers on it, but puts it on the table as he sits down. Okay. Revealing your milky white eyes. Which I keep on Denton. Uh, 
Denton's one of the few people who would match your gaze. He's got those glowing golden eyes. And he looks at you for a while, but then nods uh, as if in acceptance and, and looks away, knowing that he is in essentially your hands at the moment. Emran just looks down at the table, satisfied with, it, with that much. And out of the table around which all of you are gathered, another one of those holographic projections appears. And this is one that all of you, except for Lean, Denton, and uh, Zora and Carla, who's not really here, have seen before. And it's the big bicycle wheel shape of the station upon which you all live, the space station you live on. And Hub. Uh, themselves steps out of the wall on the back area and Zora you see a ghost appear the ghost is entirely constructed of multicolored lines that are constantly scrolling and changing color so it's like if you imagine a person made of matrix code but the matrix code is rainbows that is hub and they say oh I see we have uh, more guests. I knew that there was somebody traveling through the system, but was unable to access any further information. Some interference. Again. Hello. Welcome to Hub. I am Hub. Zor's just looking at this like, what has my life just become? Hello? Yes. Yes, that's me. I'm Hub. You are a ghost. Oh, back to this one. I am an artificial intelligence, a brain created by other humans and created to govern this transit system aboard this space station. Zora just blinks because half of that did not make any sense to her. I don't think we have time to catch her up on everything, but hopefully you will be able to pick up on some of it. As we go. I have an idea. Okay. Zora. We live inside of a big metal tube circular bubble thing that is out in space, which is a big void without any air. We used to be from a giant rock called Earth, but our ancestors came here. For some reason. Because they felt like it, I guess. And we made ghosts or artificial intelligences like Hub to help us run things. But then the emergency happened and ruined everything. So yeah. Door nods very slowly. Like I said, it may take some time to catch up. But thank you, Keva. That was very informative. And concise as well. I appreciate the effort to which you have gone. Uh, Hub turns toward the projection and opens their hands like this, and the view of the hologram zooms in, and you get a internal view instead. And uh, you can see it's the you, as you most of you know now, you live along the inner circumference of the donut shape of the station. And you live in about one-eighth of the station is the entirety of Gov's domain. 
The rest of it is, as far as anyone knows, uninhabited at the moment. So the 11 million people in Gov's domain live in this 8, the doesn't matter if it's bottom or top quarter of this station. And Hub is zooming in on that area. And you can also see rolling along a track of some sort in the holographic projection is what you know as the sun. And as, Hub says, as what? Yeah, you cut out there. What you know as the sun. Right. Okay. And Hub says to you, we should perhaps start with this. And goes this again. And it zooms in on the sun. And you can see that it is, it probably was a sphere once, but parts of it have fallen off over the centuries. So it's kind of a lumpy, misshapen ball now. And it's no longer glowing. But Hub says, I told you when you first came here that this was not the sun, and that I did not know what it was, and that somebody had very clumsily installed it inside of me. I now can tell you that this is an orbital weapons platform that has been brought inside a space station and set up to act as a celestial body. Now, was it Emron who said... Yeah, that was me. Like yeah. Very early on, I, I, I guessed that the station's defenses had been turned inward, or at least one of the mes- lasers. You are not far off. These are not the station's defenses. This orbital platform was not built by the people who built this station. It was built by a different group of humans from Earth, and they used it to assault, breach, and take control of this station during the emergency. And that is only the beginning of the horror. Were they the people that came in through the tunnel? No. That was yet another group. How many times has the hub been assaulted? Only twice so far, though that will change. So, because the emergency happened on Earth, these people came and brought a big weapon to do some to control us here? That is the long and the short of it. I will explain more. Yes, Emron. And then the second entry were survivors left behind? I believe so. I have less information on them than I do on the station and the weapons platform. Uh, well, we know that one of their names was Sosimo. And she turns to uh, Lean and digs out uh, dog tag lean. and gives it to lean lean looks at it and takes the dog tag which shows the holographic image of uh, commander Sosimo and lean's hand goes up to her mouth and she says this is 
This is my grandmother. By the gods, it was that recent. But that... That... there It was around a dead person. It was... With a dead person. I don't know what to tell you, Eva. But this is... At least the spitting image of my grandmother. She's the one who told me the stories that started me on the path to, I suppose, heresy. Without her, I might just be another citizen of the church. What's left of the church, apparently, she says, shooting a glance at Dan, then shrugs. You said the horror so, goes... Oops, sorry. No, you go ahead, Emran. If you're sure. You said the horror goes on. It does. Hub turns towards Yuzora and says, You are carrying with you the core of a machine, yes? I'm not sure if you'd call it a machine, but yes, I'm carrying something. They used to be called MP2. I see. I believe I can activate the personality stored inside of that core. She immediately pulls it out. Um, Hub actually can't take it from you because Hub is intangible, but Hub uh, turns toward uh, Emran and says, Emran, could you take that for me, please? Emran steps up and walks over. And takes MP2. You can immediately sense when you touch it that this thing is laced with SGM, uh, wiring and other such things. And Hub says, if you can uh, attach it into the electronics in this room, I can activate a projection of this person. Emran goes over to where he knows there's like a panel where he can just interface. Yeah, there's the vending machines, too. Yeah, Emran just goes over wherever he can manipulate SGM cords. Okay. So you touch the wall, you bring out, you grow out some cords and attach them into the box, I guess. For sure. And Hub says, please hold. And about 20 seconds pass before out of the box comes another holographic projection. This one of a man, a human man, considerably, not considerably shorter. He's about five foot eight. And the hologram is uh, in, in color as well. Not multicolor, technicolor craziness like Hub, but it looks like a real person. And this person has um, distressingly pale skin to your eyes. and brown hair that is sort of tied up into not quite a mohawk, but it's been formed into a point. And it's very yellowish hair, similar to what you saw on some of the dog tags in the, in the borehole. And he's wearing a shirt with very short sleeves, pants that are, they're not pants, they, 
look somewhere between shorts and pants. It's like board shorts, you might think of them as. And uh, the shirt has a, a logo on it that's got some stars, and it's got a whole bunch of stars in a blue field and then several different stripes on it across the front of the shirt. And he looks around at you, looks down at his hands and his body, and then looks back up at you again, and he says, How did I get here? Would you like a soft answer or a hard answer? Uh, he turns and he's trying to, like, touch one of the chairs that he sees, see if he can sit down, and his hand goes through it. He looks in distress. You're a ghost. Sort of. Polygram? Right, polygram. Oh, okay. Are we in the sun, or are we at the hub? Hub? Hub. Can we be in the sun? Oh. I always wanted to visit the hub. My name is MP2. I come from the sun. Emron sits down. Almost 300 years ago, my people invaded your station, looking for somewhere to hide. And since then, we have done horrible things to you. I have come here to try and make it right. If you wanted to hide, why do horrible things? People will do almost anything to survive in a bad situation. It's not an excuse, but I am only a mechanic. Me too. Then perhaps you can understand what it's like to be caught up in the chain of command and to regret the decisions you didn't make. I don't deserve forgiveness but I hope that I can help you get justice. 